It's not the Zade. It's not the story. It's the Zade story. And welcome back to the Zade story. My name is Kevin Zade, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Joshua Story. So good to be here, <laughs> Mr. Kevin Zade. How are you, my friend? So good. We just had uh, some pizza, had mm. some salad, uh, had an amazing dinner, and now we're here recording in the Zade Story studio. My wife cleaned up a little bit, so there's a little more space in here. It looks really good. It but, it, you know, a, a workspace has to be lived in, I do believe. Oh, yeah. You know, you got you to gotta make it your own. <laughs> uh, when, I was, when I was a finance manager, uh, I felt as though, like, a clean desk made it look like I didn't work hard. <laughs> and if I had a, a desk that wasn't necessarily in chaos, but it was just a little bit disorganized, it made it look like I was working my tush off. Yeah. Which sometimes I was. <laughs> and other times I was playing Angry Birds. Yeah. Or some sort of cell phone game. <laughs> At that time, I think it was Snakes. a... Snakes. Yeah, 2084. <laughs> I was doing 2084 nonstop. <laughs> The kids these days aren't going to know what you're talking about. Uh, it was good. <laughs> it was good. Uh, yeah, I've never been a fan of tidying up because to make something just look clean is not actually cleaning it. In fact, it's making the mess even worse because now everything looks like it's clean, but you have no idea where things are. Exactly. I would rather have a messy desk and know where everything is than just make it appear clean. Now, if you're actually going to clean it, then that's one thing. But if you're just doing it to make it look good, so when somebody passes by, they're like, oh, that looks great. It's like, eh, don't don't bother. Even if I do it to clean it, I'm not going to remember where I put it. Yeah. My mess is, is organized chaos. It's there for a reason because I won't know where it's at if it's not there. So if it's there, I'm going to know where it's at. It's true. Yeah. I'm, I'm 100% with you. Up top. Up top. Sound, sound effect. effect. <laughs> Throw back to the old days before I knew how to do sound effects. Ah, uh, those were the good old days. <laughs> For those of you that haven't listened to the original Zade Story podcasts and episodes, I implore you to go back and listen to us in our fledgling state. It was a great time, an amazing time. And to be honest with you, you're probably going to get more kicks out of those because we were <laughs> such idiots. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I was just talking to a friend about this today that when I envisioned the Zade story, I was listening to other f- film podcasts that were two, three, sometimes four hours long, very in-depth discussions. And I was like, this is what we're going to do. And that first night you said something like, well, hopefully this lasts at least 20 minutes. And I was like, 20 minutes? I was thinking like three hours. And you were like, there's no way we're doing three hours. And then about minute 18, I was like, I don't have anything else to talk about. <laughs> uh, good times. A little, uh, a little flashback. For those of you that weren't here with us from the beginning, but we truly appreciate everybody that is here with us now. Yes, and we continue to go onwards and upwards. Exponential growth, and it's because of you guys, our listeners, 
our compadres. I like the word listenership, but yes. somebody says that's not a real word. That somebody's his wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, onwards and upwards was the direction that the revenant. I was going to try and make some camera joke, but I got it got tied up in my mouth. That's because you got so excited. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Uh, the movie we are talking about tonight is The Revenant, directed by Alejandro G. Inarutu. Uh, due to our schedules, we actually saw it separately. I saw it mm-hmm. with my friend Ben and his lovely lady, Natalie. Uh, Kevin saw it with his lovely wife, Jordan. Uh, Revenant, for those of you who don't know what it means, I actually looked it up. The mm-hmm. Revenant means for somebody to come back from the dead who was once thought deceased. Interesting. Which kind of tells you a lot about the movie. It does. It kind of I mean, gives you the uh, the rundown. Yes. <laughs> We're not there yet. We're, We're not, not there, there yet. yet. We're not there yet. <laughs> oh, let's do it. Okay. All right. This is the rundown. Down, down. thing to do is track a new course back up online. Then what we gonna do? Sit out there like a bunch of goddamn ducks? You and your half-breed son get to walk on out? I'm talking to you. thing to do would be to finish him off quick. He's to be cared for as long as necessary. I understand. Get away! So, we start off with uh, some footage of Leonardo DiCaprio as a young man with a young, young family a woman and a boy, maybe two boys, uh, just one that I'm that I think for sure. And uh, it starts out as kind of a flashback, and then it goes to present day. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and his son are the same boy, presumably, uh, are hunting an elk, and uh, we go from there into the. Leonardo DiCaprio plays a fur trader, a uh, trapper in the frontier. Uh, so we go to the, the the fur trader's camp, which all of a sudden is under attack by Pawnee Indians. The attack happens really slow, too. Like It's not like the Indians just, in typical Indian fashion, as I would assume, it's not like they just run up and start you know, slaughtering people. You know, they attack... A bow and arrow here, an arrow there, and then they start circling. Right. And circling. And their circle gets closer and closer and closer to the encampment. And there's guns going off and arrows going off and horses and yelling and 
pandemonium. Pandemonium. Confusion. It is intense. Uh, and that's what starts us off on this journey. From there, uh, some of the trappers escape. The ones who live escape on a boat. And Leonardo DiCaprio with Tom Hardy and a few other men, uh, including Leo's son, they make it onto this boat and they are sailing to a camp uh, trying to escape the Indians. Leonardo DiCaprio seems to be the most familiar with the land and he tells the captain that they have to dump the boat and travel by land. And that is where the a series of unfortunate events happens to Glass. That's the character's name of Leonardo as, DiCaprio. As if the, the previous situation <laughs> wasn't unfortunate enough, now it gets really unfortunate. The, uh, the rest of the team didn't really want to get off the boat, but they listened to him because the captain trusts him. And uh, so they all ditched the boat. Some people stay on the boat and are like, see ya. Oh, yeah, early in the morning. Yeah. We're leaving. Yeah, they just kind of take <laughs> off. Uh, and then that leads them on their journey. I'm sure everybody out there who's listening has heard about the bear scene. Yes. Which is really intense. Uh, well done. Very well done. Yeah. This movie doesn't have a lot of CGI. It obviously has some CGI, but... Most of the movie is shot in in real light um, with natural lighting. Mm -hmm. Everything that is done is done really well as far as uh, as far as not going overboard with with fake props. Yeah, yeah. Um, the bear scene is intense. Can I say that the Facebook thing? Is that a, all right? So uh, on Facebook, everybody said that Leonardo DiCaprio got raped by a bear. That didn't happen. <laughs> I don't even have a Facebook and I know about this. Yeah. 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 And then from there, do we, do, how much do we want to say? We have to say a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio is, is left for dead by the bear. Right. By the bear. By the bear. Bear mauls him. Yeah. And, it's uh, so gross. <laughs> it's, it's intense. And, uh, yeah. And you, so, you I don't want to say too much. So, once the bear incident is over, uh, Glass's men find him, and they are still on their journey to get back to a, as they would say, civilized camp, uh, to where they can sell their fur, take a hot shower, get a decent meal, and uh, and not be afraid of the Indians that are supposedly following them for their fur. Uh, well... As you can assume, in the traveling before vehicles on foot, a person who had just been mauled by a bear can't eat, can't help, can't walk himself. You have to carry. So there comes a question and a time for the, the men to say, look, we're going to have to leave him behind or we won't survive. It's him or all of us. And so they make the hard choice to leave him behind uh, with a few volunteers to kind of stay with him till the end and then give him a proper burial. Give him a proper burial because he deserves it. So Leonardo DiCaprio's son stays with him and Tom Hardy, who plays Fitzgerald, 
uh, he stays with him, and one more younger boy, uh, they all stay with Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, supposedly until it's time for him to be buried, and then they'll catch up. After another series of unfortunate events, Leonardo DiCaprio is left alive by himself in the wilderness. In the wilderness after just getting attacked by a bear. And mind you, there's no medical attention that's been given to him. No. He's not stitched up. You know, he's got dirt all through his wounds. He hasn't been washed even. You know, yeah. he is literally mauled by a bear, drugged through mud. And then, for all intents and purposes, left to die. Right. And uh, and so it, the, the rest of the movie is about Leonardo's struggle for survival and finding the men who left him there to die. And that's The Rundown. What happened? We did what we had to do. He was buried right. My boy, and he took him from me, you understand? He's afraid. He knows how far I came to find him. And that leads us into our favorite and least favorite parts of the movie. I will go first with my favorite part okay. of the movie. I'll okay. go with favorites sure. first. We kind of like to vary it up every yeah. now and then. My favorite part of this movie, bar none, has to be, and admittedly, I have a bit of a man crush on him, <laughs> but it is Tom Hardy. Man. He was phenomenal. Tom Hardy, to me, is kind of like a chameleon. We've talked about chameleons in the past on, on the Zade story, but he can just envelop a role and just takes it on. And, you know, honestly, it took me... I, I love Tom Hardy. It took me five, ten minutes to realize it was Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm. He, he was so good. His acting was so great. His dialogue was so amazing. Um, Tom Hardy, for me, bar none, stole the show. The entire three-hour show, Tom Hardy stole it. <laughs> was that a little hint of what your least favorite part was going to be? That's a little something-something. <laughs> okay. Let that uh, simmer. Tom Hardy is impeccable. He's fantastic. Amazing. <laughs> I said him. It's true. I was just thinking the other day, we haven't done our phrases in so long. I know. We need a new drinking game. Yeah, we're going to need to figure that out. We're that good of hosts that yeah, we kind we, of we curbed ourselves. Yeah, good for us. Oh. <laughs> I'm actually going to add a sound effect for that part. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Tom Hardy is great. He is... Uh, recently, I was asked who my favorite actor is is and Denzel Washington has been my answer for many many years uh and in the last probably 
three or four years, Tom Hardy has been creeping up on that spot, moving Russell Crowe down, moving Matthew McConaughey down, and he's sitting there in his number two, and I think this movie may have pushed him over the edge. Uh, he was great in Lawless. He's really good as Charlie Bronson in the movie Bronson. He's good in everything that he does. Everything he touches is good. I watched all of Batman and had no idea, <laughs> no clue Bane was Tom Hardy. Yes. Warrior. Oh. He's fantastic in Warrior. Great in Warrior. Yeah. That, he's just so good. And what, What's the movie with uh, Reese Witherspoon and Tom Hardy? Uh and the other, the blonde-haired guy from Star Trek. It's like the CIA one. The CIA one. one. They're going back and forth. And she's trying to pick between them. Tom Hardy. Duh. All day. <laughs> that entire movie, I'm thinking, what's the question? It's Tom Hardy. Yeah. He's even got the accent. Right? Ugh. So good. So good. Uh, so that's, he's he's really good. But my favorite part, uh, and... Coming off of Birdman, like we talked about or a little bit earlier, and I think we'll do a, a full, uh, at least a short review of that coming up soon. Um, the cinematography. This is the second movie that these two have paired on. I think maybe more, but he, it's Che. I, I think they call him Che. Is the cinematographer and uh, this director. The filming is incredible. There's a scene where the camera gets so close to Leonardo DiCaprio's face in the snow that Leonardo DiCaprio's breath fogs over the lens. And just that little touch of like not cleaning it up and making it so believable and real because it was like that was his breath fogging up the lens because he was so close like it takes a great amount of skill to hold a camera that close and get that personal in these actors business and like the sky was gorgeous you talked about how like the lighting was all natural and all these places are real it was so beautiful when I walked out of the theater with my wife, I said, this is the kind of movie that makes you remember that film is art, not just entertainment, because it was so beautiful. And that's probably my favorite part. I think that's a great favorite part, a great favorite part, because I did. I alluded to it earlier. I, I, the cinematography was, was incredible. Yeah. The way the camera would circle and it would show you certain parts, it was so well done. Um, it's long time since I've seen a movie that well done as far as the panoramic view and, yes. then, and then the up close and personal. You know, a lot of times you get that up close and personal, but without the wide expanse. Because it's a zoom in right. or something like that. Or a lot of times you get the wide expanse, but then you don't get the up close and personal. The juxtaposition of the two were paired perfectly. So good. Well, what was your least favorite part? Well, as Kevin said, I did allude to it earlier. <laughs> the uh, The first 30 minutes of this movie are perfect. And the last 20 minutes of this movie are perfect. The meat in the end and the meat in the beginning are delicious. But the potato filler in the middle, <laughs> I could have used some less potatoes. There was a lot of filler. And... and 
rightfully so, everybody's looking for their Academy Awards. Mm. You know, everybody's looking to win something, but there was a lot of stuff that was drawn out just a little bit too long for me. Um, some of the scenes, I, I realize that this is a movie of, you know, again, I already, I already touched on it. He's coming back from the dead, mm-hmm. but some of it was a little bit unbelievable. I don't want to say cheesy because it wasn't cheesy, but just unbelievable and a little too long. And that's my least favorite part. I hate to agree with you on that criticism because I myself like a longer movie. I like the story to develop. I want to see a character in his whole arch. I don't want to see him at the beginning and then see him at the end and be like, well, how the heck did he get from this to that? I really love to see that. I love to see a movie take its time with a character. But this was too long. And it was too... I It wasn't... I mean, it was gruesome. The violence was gruesome. The gore was gruesome. The torturous journey that Leonardo DiCaprio has to go on was gruesome. But it got to a point where some of it was almost not comical, as in like funny ha-ha, look at him sleeping in that horse type thing. But just like what else but like, what oh else my gosh, happen? now he has to eat a dead buffalo raw? Like, okay. Oh my gosh, he's putting buffalo hair in his wounds? Okay. Oh my gosh, like... You, I almost started to laugh at some things because it was like, "Is this? Are we still in this part of the movie? Like, it looks like he hasn't moved <laughs> for thirty <laughs> minutes. Like, so uh, I, I love it when movies take their time. This took too much time. I think it could have cut at least twenty minutes, if not more, like thirty minutes, and still been so impactful. But we just got off uh, the hateful eight. And we talked about how long The Hateful Eight was. And The yeah. Hateful Eight was actually, I think, longer than this movie. But. Yeah, I think you're right. This movie felt like it was an hour longer than The Hateful Eight. I was engaged the entire time with The Hateful Eight. You know, like, I I didn't get bored with that same monotonous of, oh, my God, what's going to happen now? He just cut open a horse and crawled inside. And, <laughs> you know, like. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, should have been shortened, could have been shortened, maybe not should have been. For my movie-going experience, I would have liked it to be shortened. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, to compare it to The Hateful Eight, where there are scenes of seemingly wasted time. Uh, I know Tim, uh, thanks again for being on the show, Tim. We've gotten a lot of compliments. Uh, Tim mentioned the putting the horses away scene that took, you know, 12, 14 minutes of them putting away horses. None of that was boring to me. And this movie did get a little boring. So, different movies, different directors. Both of them had their thing. Uh, If I had to watch a movie again for cinematography, I love Tarantino, but I would watch this one again just to look at the camera work. If I wanted to enjoy myself again, I would go with The Hateful Eight. So that's that's kind of where I'm sitting. Uh, you want to rate it? You want to go right to the ratings? Yeah. Okay. 
You know what that sound means. Uh, time to rate the Revenant. Do you want to go first? I will go first. Uh, as I've stated in the past with my rating system, I tend to rate movies based upon my sheer enjoyment while watching them, but also whether or not I want to watch them again. As Kevin just stated, for the cinematography aspect of this movie, it is beautiful. It is incredible. But I'm not going to sit through the entire movie again. It wasn't that entertaining. I would watch The Hateful Eight again. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if it's just on in the background while I'm doing something, this is not going to be on in the background. I'll flip it off. Uh, It was beautiful. I love the direction. But I'm going to give this three beers. Oh, three beers. That's three low. Three beers, yeah. Okay, so out of the eight Oscars nominated for Best Picture, you've given one of them a one beer, <laughs> Mad Max, and one of them three beers. <laughs> Mad Max was horrible. I told you guys. I tried to rewatch it and give all of our listeners a chance because maybe I was having an off day. <laughs> I couldn't do it. That movie is so bad, and I'm so sorry that you guys love it. We all have our likes and our dislikes, but it's true. that movie is atrocious. <laughs> and that's Tom Hardy, okay? You know I love Tom Hardy. Yeah, you did say that. Yeah. That movie is horrible. <laughs> okay, so my turn to rate the beer, and or rate the movie. I think I like to rate all movies based on the same scale, and I try to tend to... I, tr- I try to rate the film based on the film, uh, not just my experience, um, which is good because we have a little different of a rating system. And this movie was expertly crafted. Uh, you mentioned the dialogue that Tom Hardy speaks. Like, that that wasn't Tom Hardy just talking off the cuff. It was a brilliant script. Like, the dialogue he was given was fantastic. He, Tom Hardy nailed the dialogue. Leonardo DiCaprio nailed a guy who had been mauled by a bear. Um, I don't think Leonardo DiCaprio was the best part of this film, but he was definitely not bad. He was really good. The editing, impeccable. The The cinematography is so good. I have to give this five beers. Um, I don't know if I would watch it again, but that doesn't mean that it's not worth a watch. That's so, Solid raising. I can't fault your rating at all. Yeah. Um, Thank you. It was really, (laughs) really well done. Yeah. It was beautifully done, but I'm never going to watch it again. That's fair. I don't know if I'll watch it again, but there you have it. Three and five. So uh, effectively a four. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a fine settling point. Uh, that was really good. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I've been practicing. <laughs> Kevin, what's the last Alejandro movie we watched? Birdman. Yes. We oh. did We did see Birdman. If I recall, n- neither of us necessarily wanted to see it, but we're both blown away by it. That is correct. Yes. Yeah. We, we both went to see it because it was nominated for Best Picture, and we were trying to get all of the Best Picture nominees in, uh, like we do every year, for our big Ostrich. Oscar party that very rarely anybody actually attends. <laughs> Have we told the story about the we Oscar party? We haven't parties? told the story yet. All right, guys. All right, guys. So here's the scoop. Years ago. God, what would it have been? Seven years 2008. ago? 2008. So almost a decade ago. 
a decade ago, Kevin Zaid and I are, are, are new friends. Mm-hmm. And he comes to me and he says, I'm having an Oscar party Sunday night. You should come. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm invited to a party. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm coming to this party. So I show up to the party and I, you know, got a 12 pack of beer, some sort of chips or dips or something. Yep. And I'm, I'm a little bit fashionably late and I walk in and it's, and it's the Zade and, and Mrs. Zade <laughs> yeah. and, and nobody else. And I'm like, where's everybody else out? And they're like, I think you're the only one. And I was like, oh man, there's an entire table though, an entire table. <laughs> Like like a, an extended table of food, little smokies, chips, dips, sandwiches, the most amazing assortment of deliciousness, and it was all for me. It was. And then the second year comes around, and Kevin Zade comes to me and says, Oscar party. And I say, I'm in. Absolutely. How many people are going to be there? He's like, I don't know, maybe 10 or maybe 12. And I show up. <laughs> This time, 24 beers in hand because I'm like, I got to come prepared. And I walk in (laughs) and there's a huge table, chips, dips, little smokies, sandwiches, assortments, more than the year before. And I'm the only one there. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, man, two years in a row, you guys are throwing me a party. I feel so blessed. This is so amazing. Year three comes around. And I am ready for my party. I've been thinking about my party for months before my party happens. <laughs> Kevin Zay comes to me and says, come to the party. Absolutely. I show up to the party. There's like 16 people at my party. <laughs> I'm like, what are all these people doing? This is my thing. This is he what brought you- one beer. <laughs> I brought one beer. <laughs> A 22-ounce beer. I was like, I can't get too drunk. <laughs> And ever since then, the Oscar party has been an amazing assortment of friends, family, individuals. It is a blast, but I do miss the solo days uh, of the Zade Story Oscar party. It's such a great story. It's because <laughs> it it's completely true. It's so true. We had so much food prepared that first year, <laughs> and then Josh shows up 13 minutes after the Oscars had started, and we're... Jordan, what Josh doesn't know is Jordan and I are inside watching the Oscars and we hear a knock on the door and we were like, someone came to the Oscar party. <laughs> we're so excited. <laughs> it was not a letdown. And they opened the door like, oh, it's Josh. Nah. <laughs> no, that was when we were still new friends. Now it would be like, oh, it's oh, Josh. Josh. <laughs> <laughs> but then it was real. It was true excitement. <laughs> Not the fake excitement you give me now. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. I thought it was my new friend from work. <laughs> uh, good memories. Uh, we are doing the Oscars again this year. Uh, so far, the invitations have been thrown out there. We'll see who, we'll see who shows up. Uh, no kids this year. We tried to watch the Oscars with kids last year, and... It was just a lot harder. Makes it difficult. Not to pay a lot attention. of kids came, but the ones that were there were kind of like crying, and you know, we're there to watch the Oscars. It's uh, it's fun, right? It's, it's, it's a, a good it's, time. It's, it's a social gathering, but it's a social gathering with a purpose. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, so that's going down. Um, 
we haven't discussed yet, but we will be doing an Oscar special uh, as the Zade story. I don't know if that's going to be during the Oscars. I don't know if it's going to be recorded while we watch the Oscars, then aired the day after. I don't. We're we're still working out the details, but there is an Oscar special coming your way. We will be eating Oscar Meyer wieners. Mm-hmm. Wrapped in bacon, dipped in brown sugar. Yep. Mm-hmm. So good. <laughs> so good. So good. Well, the uh, we were going to play a game, but we realized that Tom Hardy is the better actor and Leonardo DiCaprio makes better movies. <laughs> Which makes it rather difficult when it comes to games. Also, I didn't realize Tom Hardy's breadth of movies is not as deep as I originally had thought. No, he's got um, twice as many, well, 20 more credits than Leonardo DiCaprio, but I've only seen movies that he's been in since 2006. The other movies look really bad. It, yeah, they, bad TV movies, uh, weird, weird things. Uh, looks like he's supposed to play Elton John in an upcoming movie, which I'd be super excited to see. We'd be super excited to see anything yeah. that uh, he's going to be in. We're excited to see Legend. Really uh, want to see Legend. When it comes out on DVD March 1st. So we will be watching that soon and giving you guys a review of that. Uh, other than that, uh, no new voicemails. Uh, the Oscars are coming, so try and get all the uh, Best Picture nominees knocked out at least. Uh, we'll keep trying to get you guys informed and uh we have a participation poll coming up like always so make sure you uh participate and get your answers read on the show you can always uh you can always visit our facebook page you can follow us on twitter we uh we've just talked with a director that a real director not like a fake interview director even though none of our interviews have been faked uh we we got a, an interview with a director lined up, so hopefully that happens soon. We're really excited about that. Um, yeah, we just just keep listening, keep telling your friends. We're having a great time. We really appreciate you guys as a listener ship. <laughs> <laughs> and as we've said in the past, the best compliment you can give us is to let your friends know, whether in person or on the internet, uh, how awesome we are. We truly appreciate it. Contact us, email us, phone number. However you want to get a hold of us, you were always going to respond. We're always going to talk to you. Uh, this is as much fun for us as it is for you guys to listen. And even after we do this, we still go back and we still listen to our own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of the best parts about the podcast. It's true. I, <laughs> I spend several hours editing and then I listen to it when it's all done too. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I think, wow, we are so good. Or... <laughs> transversely wow we were not as good as i thought <laughs> right <laughs> listening to back you're like oh that joke didn't actually land very well no, <laughs> after three beers i thought i was so much funnier at that point in time. <laughs> uh, all right well for the zade story my name is kevin zade my name is joshua story how many beers do we rate your favorite movie for the love of movies and beer. It's not the Zade. It's not the story. It's, it's the, the Zade story. story.
you like being a gangster? London in the 1960s. Everyone had a story about the craze. They were twins. Do you think we look alike? <laughs> Reggie was a gangster prince of the East End. Ron Cray was a one-man mob. Your brother is a violent, paranoid schizophrenic. What I'm trying to tell you is that he's off his rocker. Well, no, 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 no. It was time for the craze to enter gangster legend. London is going to be the Las Vegas of Europe. We need someone to front and someone to muscle. Asalu, come to Philadelphia. Is she a nice girl? We'll get her for you. I prefer boys. Italians. Sometimes great, but I am not prejudiced. <laughs> you got some balls to admit that, kid. Me and my brother, we're gonna rule London. We could go straight. Life isn't always the way we want it to be. Things are getting completely out of control, and the American Mafia may also be involved. What exactly are you doing about it? We're going after the craze. You won't mind if I fight back, will you? Crime is a business. You don't want a war. I do, actually. Listen to yourself, you're nuts! Ah! You hit me. Yeah. What is that? I come here for a proper shootout. A shootout, right? It's a shootout. Like a western. <laughs> Your brother, he's a loose cannon. We need you to do something about Ron. I can't do that. He's my brother. <laughs>